Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Educator Essentials, the podcast where we talk with our members about success stories, best practices, and strategies for faculty, preceptors, and those involved in the education of the pharmacy workforce. My name is Gina Galanu-Luchin. I'm the director for the section of pharmacy educators and section of community pharmacy practitioners at ASHP. And today we will be chatting with Dr. Jessica Efta and Dr. Nisha Patel, clinical pharmacists at Henry Ford Health, about implementation of layered learning strategies for IPPE learners. So thank you both for joining us today. Welcome. As our audience is kind of settling in for this exciting topic, we wanted to get to know both of you. So let's start by telling us a little bit about your experience and current roles within pharmacy education at Henry Ford. We'll start with Nisha and then we'll move to Jessica. Thank you, Gina, for that intro. I'm excited to be here and be part of this podcast. So thanks for including us. It's an exciting topic as well. So like you mentioned, my name's Nisha Patel, and I am an internal medicine pharmacist at Henry Ford Hospital. I actually went to Midwestern University in Chicago for pharmacy school. And then I came to Henry Ford in 2013 for my residency training. And then since then, I've stayed on as one of our internal medicine preceptors. So I've been precepting for about nine years, and I am one of our residency program advisors along with precepting our P4 API students, our PGY1 residents, and our PGY2 residents on rotations, projects, and so on. And I've also been one of our internal medicine team leaders since 2018, so have kind of an administrative role in that aspect with, you know, performance assessments, staffing, workflows, things like that. And I'm Jessica Epta. I am also an internal medicine pharmacist at Henry Ford Hospital. I graduated from Wayne State University, but also went to Henry Ford after in 2014 for my PGY-1 pharmacy training. I've been a preceptor there for about eight years now. And I have also precepted rotations as well as longitudinal experiences like research projects and operations. I currently also serve as the practice site coordinator for our P3 IPPE program. And I've been in that role since about 2018. That's fantastic. Strong education background for the both of you and a lot of expertise within your current institution as well. So as you know, every school and college of pharmacy approaches introductory pharmacy practice experiences or IPPEs a little bit different in terms of the organization, the duration, and the structure of IPPEs. And so can you share for us what does a typical rotation block look like for your IPPE students within your organization? We are a major rotation site for Wayne State University. So all of our IPPE students do come from Wayne State's P3 students. Wayne State's structure is for the students to come to IPPE on semester-based, both fall and winter. We take five students per semester, so a total of 10 students per year at this time. The students come two afternoons a week from 1230 to 430 in the afternoon after their classes. And they come into the experience with a variety of backgrounds. So we have some who come in who have only worked in the community pharmacy setting, while others might have internships with some of the area hospitals. So their backgrounds are definitely varied. Yeah. And I mean, what Jessica said, I don't have much to add on to that. She kind of went over the global picture of our IPI program, but, you know, we basically get the heads up from Jessica when they'll be around or when they're going to be on the floors. So it's kind of nice to have that proactive heads up from her. Mm-hmm. And it's nice that the structure allows for the students to be there quite frequently, especially if they come during the evening throughout the semester. But what we often hear from students insights for IPPE learners is that they tend to spend the majority of their time shadowing and familiarizing themselves with the health systems practice. As Jessica said, they may be coming from differing varying levels of experience and exposure to health systems. However, what your site 
appears to be doing is that you're aiming to foster an independent in the layered learning model that you've implemented based on our discussions. And so I feel like it's important for our audience to learn a little bit more about that. Can you share some of the structural elements of goals of your IPP rotation and how it differs from what we might be used to for IPPEs? And Jessica, we'll start with you. We definitely try to integrate our P3 IPPE students within our clinical pharmacy model, and we ultimately use them to extend care to all of our patients. So we built our program kind of around that, and we identified based on the competency areas that were required to evaluate them on, that patient education would be a great area to develop the schedule around because then we could use them to extend transitions of care activities. We utilize a layered learning model with our PGY1 pharmacy residents in order to help them be successful in all of the competency areas. To give you a little bit of an idea, we try to front load all of the required stuff during the first half of their 13 weeks with us. So they might spend a week shadowing to learn operations within our central pharmacy and then maybe spend another week learning how to verify an order. They would then practice working out presenting and educating patients with our PGY1 pharmacy residents. And I encourage the residents to have them take a C1, do one approach where they'll watch the resident educate for their first experience and then do the education the next time around so that they grow that skill and become more comfortable. And then once the PGY1 residents have determined that the students are able to independently educate on their own, they would then go with our unit-based pharmacist, like Nisha, to provide education for patients on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and I'll just add on to that. They've been a huge help to us on the internal medicine floors. We really focus a lot on our transitions of care activities, and we have a large volume of patients. We have about seven internal medicine pharmacists at a time, and we each carry about 50 to 60 patients now just with staffing changes and things. So they've been a huge help for us. You know, the residents really get them independent on their at least interacting with patients, how to introduce themselves on the floor, just how to interact with patients and the healthcare teams and our workflows. That's really helpful because they're pretty independent by the time they come up to us as the unit-based pharmacists, those last weeks, eight to 13 or so. So once they're available to us, we're able to reach more patients. You know, we can't get to everything every single day. And they've been a huge help in being able to touch more patients, get our pharmacy presence onto the floors before those patients are discharged. So that's been really nice. And as a unit-based pharmacist, I try to prioritize those discharges. So, you know, I'll have a patient that's going home. I might have them educate those patients first that day. And maybe the next day I can focus on some of the other things, but I always try to prioritize those discharges first and then go into other educations that I need to get done that day. It's great to hear that they really start to build their independence from the early experience of an IPPE because it's such a crucial step. And even though they're early in their career, it just fosters more development. But from what I'm hearing, what has enabled that is the layered learning approach, which appears to be a fundamental method in the way that you guys have set up your system to empower IPPE learners, but also build resident precepting skills. So let's focus on that a little bit more. Can you elaborate on how you set residents up for success? Because they seem to be doing a lot of the front work in getting the IPPE student ready and to what extent they influence the experience of the learners as well. Jessica, we'll start with you. I want to start by saying that this is probably the only experience within our program structure with both our IPPE, APPE, and PGY1 residencies where the residents are able to really take ownership from pre-experience planning all the way through end-of-experience evaluation. 
And this is primarily because our APPE rotation structure is six weeks, while our PGY1 and PGY2 residency rotation structure is four weeks. So while there might be overlap in some of those areas, they may not be able to see all of that within a four-week structure using layered learning with the P4 students. In order to help the residents be successful, I provide them with an overall structure of the scheduling for the experience before the experience ever begins. When we sit down together, I go over that structure, what competency areas each of these scheduling aspects covers, as well as what my expectations are of them, as well as the students. And I'll supplement this periodically as the 13 weeks progresses, just based on changes that may occur or if I feel that something else needs to be added within the experience. The residents then take that information and are to create the entire schedule for the students and they can shift activities a little bit based on what's going on for them on their rotations or what the student may need more experience seeing based on their previous practice experience. And then ultimately the goal is that the students are going to grow their skills. The residents complete all of the feedback process as well. I encourage them to do formative feedback a minimum of once a week, especially if they're not the one working one-on-one -on -one with the student that week. And then they do complete the summative assessments that are completed at both the midpoint and the final. And I sit down with them at those midpoints and those finals. And I do have an open door policy where they can reach out to me at any point with any questions or concerns that they have. And, you know, as one of the preceptors on the floor, I'll give feedback that I have from any of their activities, whether it's educating a patient on warfarin, antibiotics, disease state education. You know, I'll go with the students or I'll look at their documentation after they finish. And if I have feedback on any of it, I'll typically give that to the resident that they're assigned to. And that way the resident is able to review that feedback and go over it with that IPI student whenever they do meet with that student. And I'll usually include Jessica as well on it, just as the IPI program coordinator. So she's in the loop as well. And I think most of our preceptors do that just to give some of that hands-on feedback in real time. It's nice to hear that there's that oversight from you, Jessica, and also the preceptors on the floor like Nisha, and also that you provide feedback not only on the resident, but also on the students. So there's kind of multiple evaluations going on from that perspective. Jessica, anything to add there? Yeah, exactly. There's also opportunity here when we think about the required competency areas and goals for the residency program related to precepting. I believe it's 4.2. That also gives us the opportunity to give the residents feedback on their ability to give feedback and to use those different ESHP preceptor roles depending upon the student skills. That's great. And it's a very structured process. So they're probably ready to take on that responsibility as well. So your program sounds really great for the IPPE learner. It sounds awesome for the resident, but I know sometimes from theory to practice, opinions vary. So how has the program been perceived by the stakeholders? So any feedback you've received from pharmacists involved, any students going through the experience or even residents as they're learning to precept within their experience? Nisha, we'll start with you this time. Yeah, you know, I kind of mentioned it before, but as one of the internal medicine preceptors involved with the program, I think the IPI model has been so beneficial, not only like you mentioned for the IPIs, all the students, the residents, but even as one of the internal medicine pharmacists, they've been extenders for me. You know, I feel like I'm able to touch more patients, as I mentioned before, really focus on those transitions of care activities to make sure our patients have really optimized their care transitions, whether it's to home, getting them follow-up. Our IPI students have really helped 
extend that care. So we're educating on anticoagulation, antibiotics, disease state education, but we're also focusing on the importance of their follow-up care. And our IPI students have really been able to help stress that to our patients. And it's been nice. We've actually gotten positive feedback, even from patients. You know, when I went to go follow up on a patient, they mentioned like, oh, I talked to that student. And, you know, they really remember that. So I think there's a lot of value in our pharmacy presence on the floors and having more of us being able to get out there onto the floors. So I think we've been able to educate more patients. We've really been able to optimize care transitions more with this model. And, you know, I think back to my experience as an IPI student, and I feel like it was very different from our current IPI model. And I just think the value in the way that this structure has been set up is been beneficial for everybody as a student, as a resident, as a preceptor, just all around has been a really great experience for all of us and our profession. Definitely. And leadership definitely took ownership of this right from the get-go. At the time that we implemented the model that we have now, the clinical manager, who was also the residency program coordinator at that time, and Wayne State Joint faculty were very involved in the development And therefore, there was the support from leadership right from the get-go in terms of getting these students out there and doing more for our patients. When I meet with the students and residents at the end of the experience, they always have positive things to say. I can't even count the number of times that the students thank me for letting them get out there and getting their hands dirty in terms of what they're doing. And we did survey our 2021-2022 group of residents and students who all demonstrated that they felt an improvement in their skills, whether we're talking about operational and patient education of the students or the different preceptor roles and providing feedback for the residents. And our survey data also echoes what Nisha is saying in that the pharmacists really feel that these students are helping them on a day-to-day basis and helping them to provide more services to more patients. This is great data. I think you've spoken to it a little bit, but let's dive into some more. I think programs sometimes are hesitant to incorporate IPPE learners within their flow because of the earlier skill sets that they bring, right? They're not quite as accustomed to the clinical care model. Their knowledge may be a little bit more limited than what you see in later APPE learners, but you guys have taken a chance and you've incorporated the IPPE program model and even pushed it to kind of take the learners above and beyond the expectation for that block. So I just want to ask from your perspectives, why do you think it's important to take IPPE learners? Why do you think it's important to incorporate them in the learning process? And are there any benefits or even challenges that you've seen from this within the organization? I would definitely say that the literature that exists out there for layered learning models, although largely ingrained with P4APPE students, does support everything that we've been talking about so far about how these students definitely expand our reach. The literature out there shows that there's increases in medication reconciliation, discharge counseling, and pharmacy intervention. But our IPPEs can take that even a step further. When we think about what the student's experiences has been up until the point where they start the IPPE experience, they're only practicing these skills in a controlled environment. The patients are standardized. So this gives them more opportunity to practice in what is more of a real world application of the skills. The shadowing opportunities, I believe, are great in order to introduce the skill, especially initially if there's less exposure. But the hands-on learning is really what's going to help ingrain the skill and ultimately increase the amount of confidence that a student has in their ability to perform that task. We can also think a little bit about ACCPs for entrustable activities for the new pharmacy graduates. And sometimes you can look at those as a way to 
see how you could ingrain more of this into an IPPE model. For example, one of them is educating a patient regarding the appropriate use of a new medication, which is what we have our IPPE students do for the majority of their time with us. And ultimately, our program structure was designed with the intent on emphasizing teaching the skills and that our PGY1s would then help grow that and then the pharmacist would reap the benefits. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything Jessica's saying, and you can really see the difference in their skill set. So when these IPPs, you know, they might apply for our longitudinal EPI program, or they might eventually apply for residency. And you can really see the difference in these IPPI students because their skill set has been started earlier and that they're educating those patients. They're getting more comfortable with those disease states, the medication educations, even just navigating the electronic health record. You know, they're a lot more comfortable starting off earlier. They're a lot more comfortable doing that. Plus documenting notes. We have them actually document notes right in the chart. We are overseeing that, giving them feedback. They're able to incorporate that feedback. So they really develop that skill set and that comfort in doing all these activities. We even like have some of our newer transitions of care services, like placing discharge antibiotics for uncomplicated infections into the chart. And we'll have our IPI students doing this with us. You know, after the recommendations are made with the team, we're able to let the IPI student know what antibiotics the patients are going to be going out on. They're actually able to put the notes into the chart, educate the patients on those antibiotics, and even place those antibiotics into the chart, and then they save it for the team to sign. So there are a lot of advanced services that they're doing in that skill set. You can see that difference when they go to apply for you know, another program or to stay on with us after the year after. So it makes a really big difference. And then everything else, I think I've already mentioned, just being able to reach more patients, having those IPPs available on our units. And I think it makes a difference in patient care and just being that extender for us within the hospital or health system. I think we've made a great case study for including IPPE learners. I hope that those listening and are considering this model, hopefully will feel a little bit more confident in the positive results that IPPE students can bring within the institution. We're unfortunately coming up to the end of our podcast, so I wanted to ask one last question as we're concluding today. Is there anything else you feel might be helpful to share with any colleagues who are thinking about this program, learning about this, or considering implementing it within their institution? Any words of advice or final comments that you'd like to share with us today? Yeah, I mean, I think we stressed a lot of the importance throughout the podcast, but I think some more global things I think about is there's been a lot of staffing changes and shortages and things that we've had to work through the past few years. And with that, I genuinely feel that our clinical services, being able to touch our patients have been preserved or even expanded just because of having that extra set of hands with this IPI model. I feel like We haven't had to cut back yet on our patient educations, our other services that we provide to patients, and hopefully that stays that way with having the additional set of students on the floors. And I think patients could actually be a really good advocate for our profession. When they're leaving the hospital, they want to see their nurse, they want to see their case manager. And I think when they do see their pharmacist, they start asking for their pharmacist as well before they leave the hospital. You know, they might not have known that the pharmacist was even available to talk to them before they leave the hospital or even inpatient. And I think when we have any of us going to talk to that patient one-on-one about their medications, about their disease states, about follow-up care, they start asking for the pharmacist. And I really think our patients could be a good advocate for us as pharmacists in the hospital. They could be a good advocate for our profession. And I think it really stems from those patient stories that make an impact out there to the public to see, oh, I really had a great experience because my pharmacist educated me on this. 
And I think that could really continue to expand and help us as a profession. I can truly only echo what Nisha is saying. And I would just add that the IPPE students can definitely contribute to this and help grow any pharmacy model because of those extra hands. And then ultimately, the more experience that we can give them while they're students, the more prepared they're going to be as new pharmacy graduates entering the workforce within the year or so after that. I'm hearing workforce benefits. I'm hearing, you know, pharmacy promotions slash recognition benefits. So for those of you listening, it sounds like this is a great win all around and might be worth exploring. So I do want to thank both Nisha and Jessica for being here today. I really appreciate your insights and your willingness to share your model for IPPE and layered learning experiences. For those of you listening, I encourage you to check out ASHP's educator resources for more information and some of our other podcasts for ASHP's educators essential channel, as well as ASHP's Education Connect community to network with other pharmacists and educators. Thanks again for tuning in for this session of Educator Essentials, and we hope you enjoy today's conversation. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.